Welcome to Uniting the Gap with Brian and Damien, where we attempt to bridge the ever-widening gap between the left and the right. Uh, if this is your first time with us, be sure to listen to some of, our, some of our other episodes, and you can follow us on Anchor, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Uh, in any case, I'm Damian Gray, along with my co-host, Brian Fonderulia. Uh Brian, how's it going there? Well, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing good. I, I saw that the DNC is on Hulu, and I just turned it on Hulu so I can say that I actually watched 45 seconds of it, and, well, I'm... I'm really glad that I that my well I don't have a higher thing to jump out of because that 45 seconds truly nearly pushed me over the edge. It's like oh my god. Oh god, you know. That was the worst. Uh, but I did, I did it. I finally I, I turned it on. Just like oh, it's still on. Yeah. So I watched 45 seconds. That was enough for me. It's 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 pissing me off because it's preempting my shows. You know, I'm an old guy. I like Jeopardy. <laughs> 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 and and I haven't been able to watch Jeopardy the past three days, and I won't be able to watch it tonight either, you know, because I love how they say that uh, Joe Biden is expected to uh, uh, accept the nomination. Just, Just like, once, that'd be great. Be like, nah, nah, I, nah I don't want it. Fuck it. Whoa. <laughs> well, especially this time, because there's nobody else running. There's nobody else in the game, you know. So and then so I haven't been watching it at all. So last night um, I tuned in. I, I'm not a big reality TV fan, but I do like Big Brother and I do like Survivor. Oh, and uh, so I've lost interest in you right now. You know, I never used to <laughs> until Ralph moved in with us. And he's the reason I watch it because he watches it. And then I sit down and I get absorbed in it, you know. Gotcha. And so now I'm kind of addicted to it, you know. But I used to think, you know, Big Brother, Survivor, I don't want to watch that shit, you know. But yeah, I do now. But anyway, so last night I tuned in at 8 o'clock expecting to watch Big Brother. And there's Kamala Harris going on and on and on about the glorifications of Joe Biden, uh, yeah. the same man that she called an old white racist when she was campaigning against him, you know. And, and don't forget, and just, she also she also believes his accuser. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I I don't I don't generally watch the DNC or the RNC. I think they're just a bunch of chest pounding idiots, you yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, I used to watch the presidential debates, and I was kind of religious about it. And, uh, you know, I'd cheer for my favorite candidate the way people, some people cheer for their mm -hmm. favorite football mm -hmm. team, you know, nope. crack open a few beers and frequently yell out, oh, hell yeah, or something, you know. But I think it's been over the past maybe 10 years that the debates have just become stupid. I mean, they're not really they debates anymore. really have. You know, I, I, I think I've mentioned this before. When I was a kid, my dad was in local politics. Right. And right. – you know, obviously, you know, being a four or five year old, you think your dad's the smartest person on the face of the earth. And and so I always thought my dad was like the smartest person alive. And, you know, I watched these debates and I pay attention and I thought that I was watching incredibly intelligent people talking back and forth about issues and hammering each other. And then and then, yeah, about about really Romney Obama. Yeah, it was then. just what in the hell am I watching here? It was just it, it was like these moderators would try to hit Romney with just these really hard personal attack questions. And then they'd be like, Mr. Obama, we hear that you like the color blue. Can you tell us more about blue? We like it, too. <laughs> it was just, it's so ridiculous. Well, that 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 uh, debate that I saw a town hall between uh, Hillary and uh, uh, Donald Trump. Um, 
there wasn't a debate. It was just a juvenile argument, you know, and they're both sitting there trying to intimidate each other. And it's like, you know, just give it a rest. You know, my God. I 100% say that my disdain for Hillary Clinton is like deep. It's deep. And so I remember watching that and just laughing, just laughing so hard because I thought, oh, today's the day we're going to see it. We're going to see somebody call somebody a bitch and like TV. It's going to happen. <laughs> but, uh, unfortunately, we never saw it. And, I, and I'll tell you what, I, I think we're not going to see any debates this cycle. And that, that kind of bothers me. I'm kind of wondering. Yeah, yeah. You know, because, you know, by now they, they would at least throw something out there. And I had read that there were three debates scheduled for, for September. But what the hell would the debate be anyway? It'd be two guys just screaming at each other about shit. As usual. And then, you, and then you'd have to make sure Joe isn't out past dark, just, you know, so his dementia doesn't kick in. And, <laughs> and I'm sorry for that dementia joke. It's a horrible disease, and I feel bad for him. But, you know, you, like they're going to have to cut away for 10 or 20 minutes so they can bring in his replacement with a mask on so you can't really tell who it's not. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think this is such – it's so stupid. It's just so stupid it hurts because – you know, during this 45 seconds I watch, I just happen to turn it on. And, uh, and it's some lady uh, reading a series of tweets that she had thrown out there in June or July. And I guess from what I could gather, because I missed the first portion of it, apparently she had run into Joe Biden someplace. And she got to talking to him about her sick grandmother or whatever. And so Joe called the house. Like, you know, candidates are prone to do. Sure. And so he called the house and had a good talk with Grammy about a whole lot of stuff. And this lady needed to put it out there on the Twitter that he was super nice to my Grammy and gave the personal home for his personal home phone number. And you said, if you need anything, boy, you call me and I'll take care of it. And I just thought, who believes this shit? For real, just. Who believes this shit? It's so- well, it's the same thing with like the uh, president's State of the Union address. Oh, I mean, God, yeah. God, it was it was the same kind of crap, you know. I mean, all these like heart wrenching stories and all this, and it's like, you know, why don't you just stick to the issues? You know, that's that's what the State of the Union supposed to be. It's the State of yeah. the Union, you know. Just drives me. You know, I, I gotta say, man, I I am so sick of politics. I really am. You know, I, I, I mean, I used to love it's, it. It's, I really do. It, I used to love it. Yeah. And and now, you know, guys like you and I, who like to claim that you know we're Republicans or Democrat, we're so disillusioned with the things that we believe. And it's it's only the three. The, it's only the extremes that have really taken over and really get a voice. And yeah, you know, somebody else was mentioning it to me. You know that we that we've created this thing to try to talk about that. And a lot of times, you know, you and I go, we both grow tangential. And I was, and I was thinking about that the other day and I don't, I don't think we can. I think that we're too lost that we can't, we can't be boring and pragmatic anymore. Cause you know, like way back in the day, you look at like, uh, you, you look at like debates in, uh, you know, in the eighties, for presidential anything or even the 90s you know they, they talked about policy they didn't go insane and now it's like you're talking about it's insane it's these bizarre seven second talking points and it's it's almost a bigot's dick contest it's a popularity yeah. contest i miss when politics was boring 
Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. Because I mean, again, again, they're not sticking with the issues. They're ex- they're sticking with the extremes, and that's what's pulling this gap apart yeah. more than anything else. And it's just, and, it, and it, nothing is ever going to be accomplished anymore because of that. You know? No, you know, and there's no issues for them to talk about. The Democrat, all they're talking about is, we hate Donald Trump. We yeah. hate him, and we hate him some more. Then when we're done hating him, we're going to hate him again. And if you don't vote for Joe or what the hell was it Obama said? I, I watched uh, I watched a clip. I watched like three minutes of, of what, whatever he was talking about. Our democracy is in danger. And I couldn't help but laugh that every accusation that he made against Donald Trump could have easily been made against him. Yeah. And it, it just it made me laugh at the hypocrisy of that. Because well, our democracy has been in danger forever, and we don't really have a democracy anyway. You no, know? no, I, I agree. <clears throat> but, but I, you know, I mean, I, I see what, where he's coming from on that, but I mean, because it, only because it's gotten worse since him, but it's not as though he is, you know, untouchable on this. You know? Oh, not, not remotely. I think that, you know, the only benefit of social media is that it exposes that. Uh-huh. You know, you get guys like, like Snowden who is, you know, a traitor for releasing public information. Yeah. And yeah. if you think about that. That is the most ridiculous thing. Well, it is. It, mean, and it's uh, funny. You know, it's like here's a guy who released public files that could have been found on any data search, but it was how he released them right. that, made it, that made it illegal. And this guy, during a more honest media time, would have been lauded as a hero. This guy would have been the next deep throat. Oh yeah. You know, oh, definitely. For for exposing in not only whoa, exposing. Whoa. Hang on a second. Oh, for fuck's sake. <clears throat> Do you forget to press play? Oh no, it's it's going. It just didn't look like it was going. Okay. Anyway, go on. Oh, gotcha. Um. Anyway, but Snowden should be the next deep throat. And you know, but he. What he did when he released that information is he released a very widely known public secret. You know, he, he said that, well, they're spying on you. They're listening to your phone calls. They're 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 holding on to you know your internet files. They're you know searching your emails for for hit words and stuff like that. And that was it was like secret public information. It was something that everybody knew, but nobody wanted to know and really accept. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's just, and, and it's weird. It's like it's like the it's like the Catholic Church sex scandal. You know, everybody knew it. Everybody knew it for a hundred years. Sure, sure. But then when you but then when you show it, and you're like, no, no, for real. People are like, oh my god, I can't believe that. You know, everybody knew it, and, and it's the scandal is it, it's ridiculous. And I I really do. If 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 Trump pardons Snowden. I would have to be a big Trump guy because the guy doesn't. You know, I, I, I would have to support that. You know, 100%. You know, and, or even like more proof of how much how much the Democrats just hate Donald Trump is was it two or three days ago he pardoned Susan B. Anthony? <laughs> and some and some Democrat <laughs> congresswoman or senator from, she's either the state senator or a senator in the state stated that it was wrong for him to pardon her because for her whole life she was proud of that conviction and that she had never paid the fine. And I thought is, what the fuck? Here's a man who has literally 
he has quite literally pardoned a black man who was convicted essentially of being black in Jack Johnson and Susan B. Anthony, a woman who fought for suffrage and he still gets to be a racist misogynist. Yeah. And I don't, I don't get it. But if he hasn't pardoned Snowden by now, I don't think he's going to. I, that'll I be, I think that would be, well, that's true because he has pardoned, you know, people who have currently been in jail that he's right. known have been part of his administration. So I think that you're probably right on that. That's not going to be one of them weird last minute Clinton, <laughs> Clinton pardons, yeah. you know, where yeah. that people are like, you did what? Oh yeah. I forgot about them. You know? Well, I want to think, I, I, I'm kind of thinking that the reason he hasn't pardoned Snowden is because there's so many people on the right um, who consider him a traitor and that 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 he's a non-patriot and you know for releasing this like you said public information you know i mean and so the guy was just doing what he thought was right the right thing yeah. to do you know it wasn't like he was a spy or anything like that but a lot of people on the right really hate the guy you know and well, i think that, that that's very you true. know, you know uh, that's trump true. needs their support so he's not going to do it you know we live in this bizarre convoluted world and I really think it's just because of all the misinformation that we're fed every day. You know, we live in we live in a confused society. And if that's Russia spreading misinformation, fuck, I don't know. But I do know, I do know that I posted something um, about Kamala Harris's gun control thing. And Facebook censored it. Really? Facebook sent me. I, you a know, fact I think I saw thing. something about yep. that. I put that happening. up. Facebook put up. And I thought it was really funny because then I went on and posted two articles from the New York Times and one from one other place as a reputable source that cited her saying exactly what I posted about her making gun bans. And Facebook censored my post. And then that day I went and I wrote something ridiculous about some executive order that Donald Trump had done, which is obviously not true. But... Well, it's been six or seven days, and they still allowed that still up. Nothing, huh? So, huh. you know, the censorship—the censorship is ridiculous. And I and I have said this before, and I I kind of have to eat my words now, to where you know people were complaining about free speech on like Twitter or Facebook, and I have I've said previously in different posts that, well. Facebook and Twitter are not the internet. Facebook and Twitter are private businesses that you're taking part in. So therefore, they can 100% censor your speech because you're part of what they have as a business model. You're using their platform, their business to express your opinion. So I think they have every right to control your opinion just because you're part of their business platform. It's not like you're out on a you know open internet page talking about different right. stuff. Right. But, you know, when you see it so blatantly biased and so many people participate in it, I, I really unfortunately have to say that there needs to be more regulation of what they're allowed to regulate. I know that's not, that that's a heinous thing for me to say, and I don't even like saying it. Well, and it's also but, but it's arbitrary, kind of too, because, you oh, know, I, I have that Facebook group for my other uh, podcast uh, thing, mm -hmm. uh, Black Lotus. And, you know, we talk about things like UFOs and ghosts and, you know, uh, cryptids and stuff like that. And I've had them delete an article that I would sh I, I shared. This only happened to me once, but it was an article I shared about UFOs, mm -hmm. and they del deleted it, saying that it was it was essentially fake news. And I'm thinking, prove it. 
Jesus. You yeah, know, I mean, my God. In our investigation, you investigated. Do go on. <laughs> what, what did you find? No, I, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. I've been, I was thinking a lot. And, and like right now, my allergies have destroyed me the last two days. And when my allergies destroy me, I become far more introspective because I get so ridiculously irritable. And all I've been doing is thinking about the stupidity of the world that we're dealing with today. Yeah. And, and it's just, it hurts me. You know, and you know, with the DNC and then I don't even know when the RNC is coming up, but I know that's also not going to be live. Yeah. Which no, is no. That, that's such a ridiculous thing to me. I think no. I'm, I'm of the opinion that all rallies are kind of ridiculous. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. no, no matter who's rallying, it doesn't matter. I mean, because all you're doing is you're sitting there and like I said, pounding your chest going, I'm big, I'm big, better and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's like you well, said, it's, it's a. It's ridiculous, wild self-aggrandizing. And then, who was it? That, who was it that said the other day? It might have even been Obama, Michelle, or Kamala. I don't, even, I don't know. But you know, now they're they're all alluding to this thing of, well, what are we going to do if Trump doesn't accept the results of the election? What are we going to do? It's like it's like it's being softly pushed to the start of a coup. You know, maybe I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. But, no, I don't think you are. But um, that's, but that's I, what I hear. You know, it's like, I, I, what do we do if he refuses to leave the White House in January? Well, <laughs> then I, I don't know. the uh, uh, National Guard would step in and say, "Oh, you yeah. are leaving." Yeah, so time, I don't think. Time I, to go, buddy. We're going to Yeah, you know, you know who started all that, and I know you're going to balk at this because you know who he is. But um, Bill Maher was the first one to say that he's probably not going to leave. When he gets voted out of office. Did he and, say that about Trump? Did he? Yeah. And, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. And he, uh, so yeah, so I, I, I'm pretty sure he was the first one to say that. And now everybody's jumping on the bandwagon and saying the same thing. You know, um, I can, I can see Trump, uh, uh, uh refusing to mm-hmm. accept and which would be really weird because we've never had a, a disruptive transition in pow- of power before in history, um, so far as I know. But um, yeah, I, so if he if he if if he doesn't leave, there are measures in place to make him leave. So I don't think that that's going to happen. I really don't. I don't. I just I don't like the illusion because I remember uh, four years ago when they were talking about, well, what if Obama doesn't leave because he doesn't accept the results? Uh-huh. You know, they've been doing this for the last even eight years. And it's just it's ridiculous. I hate the illusion. But with all the tension that we have right now of just stupid people that, you know, all all anybody needs to do is get that whiff. Of, well, my leader thinks this is what we should do. Because I remember, I, I remember very clearly, and I don't, I don't know if you remember this, but God, it was maybe 10, 12 years ago, somewhere in there, there was a shooting by the old white supremacists at the Holocaust Museum, where the casualty was one black security guard, and when he was arrested, he, <laughs> they, they took him alive, and he kept citing Glenn Beck as his sort of, as his source of inspiration. Oh God. And I remember it, but but here's the thing. I remember the episode the guy was talking about, you know, because Beck used to say things like, 
well, we have to do things, and we have to do things more than we usually would do things. And when you're so wrapped up in the belief that your government is not only corrupt, but coming to get you, you know, it's put on you to start the bloodshed, you know? And, and so, I mean, it's like, I didn't agree with the guy, but I, 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 when he said that, I was like, Oh, I get it. Damn. No, no, no. I understand like what you're talking about. And so now when you have these politicians throwing that out there of, well, we're going to need to do something. We're going to need to do something that, that worries me. It really it, does. Yeah, you know, it really does. You know, and, Especially and when there were already riots during Trump's last inauguration. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, my God, man, what's going to happen if he does win? What's going to happen if he doesn't win? You know, it's going to be just icing on the cake to the shit show that is 2020. It's uh, it, it's it's going to be horrific, I think. And I, I really worry about that. I do. And I don't think that there's that there can be a middle ground on that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that no matter what you think about it, people are going to think you're crazy. But when you look at, you know, I hate to call them the signs, but when you look at everything around and all the media and all the information just thrown at you about everything and all the vile skew, it's the only logical thing that can happen. You know, and you're right. I mean, there's just so much that's thrown at us all the time, every single day, all day long. And like today, I saw that uh, Steve Bannon got popped for fraud. <laughs> yeah, I read that. And I thought, I thought, why is he still relevant? <laughs> well, he wasn't. But Who I cares? Remember, I remember when he started that GoFundMe because it was this huge news that he had raised all this money in 24 hours. And he was going to personally, you know, build the wall. And sort of find out. That he got arrested for fraud, all I thought was, well, fucking duh. <laughs> duh, <laughs> exactly. I mean, we're Are talking you... about Steve Bannon, right? Yeah. Wasn't the guy, wasn't he convicted of fraud previously? He's kind uh, of a puke know. to begin with. But you gave this guy, what, 23 or $25 million from a GoFundMe account, and then society forgets about it? Of course he's going to use that money for something else. <laughs> I would. I mean, just, I dream of something just horrible enough to happen to me. To get me enough exposure to I can make five, ten million dollars off of GoFundMe from everybody that believes it. Just just one time. I mean, I'm willing to give up maybe two or three fingers on my left hand for something tragic like that. <laughs> but I, I just read it and I thought, well, well, yeah, yeah, obviously. You know, after watching a little bit of the uh, uh, DNC last night because I couldn't watch Big Fucking Brother. <laughs> Um, and what I was watching was Kamala Harris and she was just going on and on and on about, you know, and she went on for like 20 minutes about how, you know, what a great guy Joe is and all this crap. I can't wait if they're going to have debates. I can't wait to see the debate between her and Pence. Oh God. Yeah. You know, I I think it would be, you know, but because you know how much I don't like Pence to begin with. Mm-hmm. I like him even less than I like Trump, actually. But uh, but yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to see that one. That's that's one debate that I would clearly enjoy. I, I think. think it would be because I think you know, they'd be the only two maybe rational people. I've never heard her speak. I've only read, you know, clips of what she's had to say. I know that, you know. Well, she's one big soundbite. Yeah, I, well, that's all anybody is these days. And I know that between her and Biden, they've 100% stated that they're, 
you know, going to ban and, you know, force, <laughs> force, uh, forcibly uh, confiscate or do a forced buyback of any assault type rifle. And when that's part of your political campaign in 2020, I mean, my God, you know, there's there's so many armed people. There's what, 50 million, 50 million armed people in just this last year, something like that. Yeah. 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 But basically it's God, what the hell was the number? There's 389 million guns in the United States or something like that. Some of them, some some number where it's something like one point two guns per person per per something like that for the population of the United States. And you're going you're gonna to force a buyback. Yeah, I, I think I think people think it's going to be as easy as it was in like Australia. In Australia, they didn't have too much of a problem with it, but here in the United States, where you can't get people to wear a mask because their their rights are being violated, why do you try to buy back guns? I mean, I'm Christ, so glad that you brought up Australia because I need to state this on an audio record for all time until it gets deleted. I need to state this opinion because this is an opinion that I have held about the world in general for a very long time. I was in high school when the Australia when the Australia thing happened. I remember reading it and I remember going, what in the hell in America? Well, America is America. All right. We don't use the metric system. We use miles per hour. And we were founded on rebellion. Essentially, every other country that exists in the world, and I could be wrong on a couple, every single one of them comes from a tradition of strong government, monarchy, or something else. Your whole society is conditioned to either believe or accept what your government does is right and that you don't have the right to rebel against it, so you follow it, even though you don't want to. Australia is a fucking penal colony. Right, right. That was part of the crown. Yeah, they're going to comply. America? Eh, we've said fuck you to our government more than once. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's our culture, man. And mm-hmm. nobody wants to accept that, because we, like, America has this deep-seated inferiority complex. And, and I don't understand it. You know, it's like, you know, liberals used to love to compare us to Sweden and, you know, their healthcare system and how we do things. Well, nobody wants to fucking compare us to Sweden now because of COVID. Yeah. But yeah. we're not Sweden. We're not Denmark. We're not England. We're not Europe, where they come from these strong central government traditions where they follow begrudgingly, maybe, but they follow. You look mm-hmm. at like England, in England, you can't get a gun for fucking anything. So you know what they do? They stab each other in the streets to the point where they put up collection boxes for knives and people are like, oh, my, my steak knife has a point. I'll put it right in here. <laughs> and, you know, I was talking to a guy. I was talking to a guy from England at the gun shop a few weeks ago and he told me that it's the fucking truth. You can't have a sharp point on your kitchen knives there now in case you stab somebody. Really? Yes. And they're just like, all right, here you go. You, you rock and stab somebody. And it's so stupid because here in America, well, we don't come from that tradition. And I really believe that people don't understand that as its root. Let me ask you something with that in mind. What do you think about Japan's gun policies? I mean, it's legal to have a gun there, but they make you jump through so many hoops. 
you know, uh, including oh. psychological testing and all that stuff, you know, I mean, and so what do you think of that, them doing right. that? And again, this is, this is a country that obeys their government. Mm-hmm. I actually think it's very interesting you brought up Japan. I don't know a lot about Japan's gun rules, but I the story that I'd have about Japan is, have you ever read the book World War Z? Okay, yeah, I have. Okay, the book World War Z, hands down, one of the best books ever written. Great oh, work yeah. of fiction. Oh, okay. yeah. There's Bad a movie. section. It's a horrible movie. <laughs> Top 10 worst movie of all time. Great book. Okay, but there's a section in the book where, where he's talking about the gamer kid who's, you know, like super, like super nerdy. Oh, right. And what he he has one line in there that's truly brilliant because, you know, they, you know, they had the book set up in interview form and he, and he, you know, and he just says to the interviewer here in Japan, we don't have the gun culture that you in America do. So it was difficult for us to get a gun. It was something like, it wasn't that we didn't want them. It was just, they're not part of our culture. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's 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 really the truth you know yeah they're not part of their culture in america they're part of all culture mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know we're a you know whether you want to admit it or not or accept it as a person we're a violent culture oh yeah oh, you know yeah. We're, a, we're a violent culture we love we love our guns we enjoy our violence and you know i'm sorry matt if you're still listening to us it's true you know that yeah, it's it's a, that's but, absolutely true. We were it, born and it's in violence that, and rebellion. Yes, but it's not that that's a bad thing. It's that's who we are. And if your country doesn't have that culture, well, that's your country and that's your culture and that's fine too. It doesn't bother me. But yeah, you're going to follow your government rules. You're going to follow your government regulation because you're under the belief that your government is right. You know, if you look at Japan up until World War II, they had an emperor who was ordained by God. Right. To sit on their seat who is worshipped as a deity. That's in the lifetime of a lot of people. You know, right now they have they have a prime minister, but he's still the head of a strong central government. And they don't they just don't have a lot of guns. And you have a citizenry that just doesn't. It's just not part of their culture. So it so again, it doesn't bother me. I have no opinion of what Japan's rules is. I don't believe theirs should be like ours, and I don't believe ours should be like theirs. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think that ours could be like theirs oh, uh, God, simply no. because of what you were saying. But yeah, but anyway, uh, we're going to have to get out of here pretty quick. But uh, there's one more thing I want to talk about that's really bugging me. Um, you know, I don't barbecue like you do. I mean, you're mm-hmm. like a master at it. That you is know? true. I'm very, very good. You know, I mean, I wish I had those skills, you know, and I wish I had uh, the kind of barbecue to be able to smoke briskets and stuff like that. But I can't do that. You know, I've just got a simple barbecue and it's, uh, you know, it's like one of those dual barbecues. One side's for charcoal, the other side's for gas. And Well, not hate- always me men. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I've been wanting to grill some chicken. But this past week, it's been hovering around 115, 116 degrees here in Vegas. And, you know, that's just too hot to barbecue, man. That is not too hot to barbecue. I have barbecued when it's more than 100. I've barbecued when it's negative fucking 40. It's never too hot nor too cold to barbecue. Stand out in the sun like a man and start a fire. (laughs) That being said, if you would like a really good advice, if you don't own a sous vide – what you could do is put some chicken in a bag with a little bit of water around it and put it in your car for about three hours. It's going to achieve 
an incredible temperature because it's going to be 150, 160 in your car. So you can have a poor man's sous vide in that water, and that chicken is going to get incredibly tender. Touch it on the barbecue. You'll thank me later because the salmonella is going to be gone because it's going to be above 148. And it's going to cook to a perfect degree. And that's not even a joke. That's the truth. If it got hot enough here, I would probably try that. Let me ask you a question. I mean, because you you're, you're you're a damn good cook. What do you think about those sous vides? Uh, my wife bought me a water bath two years ago, and I had always wanted one. And but here's here's the thing about me: I love to spend money unless I feel like I'm wasting it. Uh, and so I've never. I just I was like, really, I don't need to spend that kind of money. But my wife bought me one, and I don't use it as often as I was doing last year. But it is truly one of the neatest things I've ever had. Really. I mean, you know, if you like uh, if you like Dolce de Leche, something like that, you know, basically you get a can of condensed milk, turn your sous vide on 181 degrees and you put the can of condensed milk in there for 13 hours completely unopened. And you open it up and turns into like the greatest caramel on the face of the earth Really? or uh, or with chicken. Yeah, you, you set it. You, you set the water bath. to What do I what do I do it? At? I, I do it at like 145 or something like that. So you set the water bath to 145 degrees. You put this chicken in just a bag. You put the chicken in a bag, and it sits in this water bath, and it comes out just the most perfect tender that you ever eat. It's 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 like biting into butter, you know, provided you cut it correctly. Uh-huh. A lot of people don't like how it looks because it looks it does have like this weird slimy look just because it's all the fat that is rendered out. Right. You just just take it and sincerely you put it in just a hot pan and scorch either side of it for just you know a few seconds, and it's it's so incredible. And it, I love it. The only thing I don't like it for, uh, you know, we have a mutual friend, Jason Tolzman, and he uh, he's a real master of the sous vide. He sends me a lot of stuff, but he'll do, you know, pork or steak in there. I've done I've done beef in there several times. I don't like the texture. Really? It's just it, it's 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 almost it's too soft. Yeah, I've seen the stuff that he posts. And you know, it looks he, beautiful. It's amazing, and I'm sure it's fantastic. But I've done I've done steaks in there several times, and it's just. It's not what I want. It's just, it's not it's what not I the want. Same texture. Yeah, it's not. I, I prefer the texture, where I, where I can cook it, where where I get it. I mean, it's it's great. They turn out wonderful. It's it's a wonderful way to marinate. But you know, for chicken, I mean, forget about it, man. It's it makes the best chicken breast I've ever eaten in my whole life. Wow. I gotta, I, I, I gotta get one. I gotta get yeah. one. You know, I think but... Tolsey has the stick. My wife bought me a bath. It's uh, <laughs> it's like a maybe a gallon, something like that. You just. Filled water, put stuff in there. It's it's cool. I used to I used to love to play with it, and I just I just I don't know I just kind of got away with it because I eat too much chicken, and uh, <laughs> you know just I, I do other things. But it's it's like the best tool I've ever had in the kitchen. I wanted one for I wanted one for ages. Well, folks, uh, we are going to get out of here for the day. Uh, uh, trust me, we are not becoming a cooking show, but <laughs> but we should become a cooking show because we can come to better agreement on food. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and people can come to better agreement on food and fewer people would roll their eyes about the shit that we would say. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks a lot for listening. And again, make sure that you are following us on uh, Podbean and uh, Spotify and also uh, iHeartRadio. And I think we're on uh, Pocket Cast, too. Well, that's, that's a, that's a, a lot of ones. stuff. Yeah. yeah, please find us, leave comments, you know, whatever you want to do. Ultimately, we really do want to try to find a way to get a guest on here. 
Yeah. I think that yeah. would be really sweet. I want to hear other people's opinions on some different things. You know, we're, uh, we'll eventually put on a different platform where you can get a better contact with us because the only way that we truly come to agreement on stuff, and even though I really believe that there's never a middle to be found, is by talking about the things that we disagree with. Because the reason I believe, I believe this with my whole heart, the reason that we got to the extremes that we have is because we've been able to immerse ourselves in our own opinion. And the shit that we say to each other online is something that you would never say to the face of another person. Right, right. And that's how we got to these hard extremes. We have to get back to just talking with each other and go, oh, that makes sense. And that's how the world just becomes a better place, just by talking to each other and realizing that what you have to say might be retarded. But this is 2020, man. It's never going to happen. It's a messed up world. (laughs) Anyway, we'll see you next time.